Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. your fancy room. Oh, I wish that everyone could see this room. I'll show everyone for a second in case we use this. <laughs> I'm in a very fancy Hollywood industry room. Are you going to meet the industry there? I'm going to hide from the industry. <laughs> uh, I'm also hiding from the industry here. I'm hanging out with my small child. I have to tell you, so we crossed the border since I saw you last successfully. It was good. It was quick. And then we got to Toronto, and the second we woke up, we knew it was going to be a shit show because Drake came down with COVID, canceled it, had to cancel the show and go into quarantine, but his crew stayed behind. So it was like Drake's crew hanging out, dressing rooms, catering, everybody just together, um, hanging out, and there's 50 different like to-go containers in our refrigerator. They're falling all over the place. One of the water holding underneath the couches in the front. One of them is broken. So as we're like pulling in, it's just opening and closing and cutting people's legs open. Um, There was a tornado warning before the show. So we thought we were going to have to cancel the whole deal. And uh, yeah, so it was one of those days where you're like, wow, this is this is like the office on wheels. That's a good idea. Ernie and I have been talking about doing like small skits every day. There was a moment where I was trying to get a chair outside from between a dressing room and the bus and the space wasn't big enough to fit the chair and so 15 minutes later I'm like putting the chair on its side I'm flipping it upside down I'm rotating my body yeah so that's that's what's going on over here what are you juggling you're on a vacation a lone vacation I went to a natural wine store and got some natural white wine it was so I got like five bottles to kind of share with everyone but I had one last night that we opened it it was so good Gosh, yeah. like a sulfite free kind of vibe. Exactly. And it has like, it's called like the pet net. And so it has like the, um, I don't even know what they're called, but it's like kind of chunky at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's naturally fermented in its own sugar. And so it turns into like kind of kombucha strains on the bottom in a good way. Well, kombucha kind of freaks me out, but I can respect where it comes from. <laughs> Speaking of wine, we have a, a special moment here today because our guest is physically here with me in the room and we are drinking wine. As we speak, out of coffee cups. So I'm going to go ahead and just introduce my friend. Is that good? I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Today we have Abigail Stever, who is, you know, life partner might be the correct terminology for this. Abigail is a domestic artist, an animal enthusiast, and she has lived many professional lives. From owning her own bakery to garden design, Abigail has an undergraduate degree in psychology from the New School University and will be going back for her master's in social work. She currently lives in New York with her husband, Travis, their two kids, Rory and Eloise, one of who is with us right now, their dog and two cats. Hi, Abigail. Hi. I'm really excited to be here, but also nervous. We're going to ease into this. So you both 
are psych. You're psych people. Yeah, it's uh, applicable to everything. I think it's a good sort of general degree to have, right? Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Not a day goes by that I'm not trying to psychoanalyze things or myself. Yeah, I feel like turning it inward and just being able to use it in your own life is probably so beneficial. I feel like I have the kind of self-help um, home degree, <laughs> which is not the same as a real degree, but I, I feel like... It's better. I don't know about that, <laughs> but it, it's worthwhile. I mean, it's worthwhile to turn that inward and, and also outward. And I love that you're going to do social work. I'm doing like a self-love workbook by a social worker right now, actually. Well, I don't do it yet, but that's the aim. That's the goal. Your future plans. Yeah. You've been dabbling in some sort of adjacent activities through through COVID. I have. Um, before I commit to doing it, I wanted to sort of see if I could really take on other people's suffering. You know, if I really have that strength. So I've been doing some volunteer work to sort of test that ability to separate and take it on. So. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, set those boundaries and compartmentalize and, and not kind of burn out or... Yeah, yeah. To to be able to separate, right? I think it's really important. Yeah. Makes sense. Especially when you have a lot going on, doing life stuff. Right. It can be a lot. Speaking of life stuff, what is something that you think listeners would be surprised to hear about your life? Well, probably anything, because I'm a very <laughs> private person. <laughs> And I don't think that most people know a whole lot about me. But when I thought about this question, I thought, well, one thing that's kind of bizarre and weird is that I don't have a name, technically. I do not have a name on my birth certificate. Um, somehow I've managed to get through life. I have, a, I have a passport, driver's license, marriage license, all of it, but no name on my birth certificate. So this is one of my favorite, I guess, Burke stories. I slipped through the cracks. <laughs> it's, my parents didn't get one. It was back, you know, before you had to have one to leave the hospital. And um, I have gone through life, female Burke. That's, that's it. And then when I tried, when I tried to get my name put on it, it was ridiculous. I had to show proof of vaccination from elementary school. <laughs> to have a name? To have a name. It's such a bizarre, like, weird bureaucratic loophole I'm stuck in so I feel like I females are pretty like banging name though as an option if you had it to is. it's you like know. you could be an assassin you know because you have no name and you're just they like try to track you down and it just says female and they're like no dead end yeah <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way but I, I like that oh wow this is really interesting yeah that's my fun fact they tried to get my also my childhood vaccinations and I was like, do you think from 1985, they're going to be like, have those on hand somewhere in rural Minnesota? No, those are dust. Long gone. Yeah. Long gone. Yeah. And and even the school records. I mean, they don't, you know, no. when you're out of the system for like a year, five years, they're gone. Okay. Well, that was a blew my mind. And that's very interesting. <laughs> so maybe some more background <laughs> on female work. Something that you're proud of, past, present, future. Um, okay. Well, in my past, I am proud. I, I owned a bakery for a number of years, and it was uh, something I, I'm very proud of. I loved baking since I was little, little, and I was able to sort of explore that passion and that dream, and I, I did a really good job. Like I can say that now. I did a really good job. Um, I had a, 
a product that people loved. I had a place that was beautiful and, and I did it. I, I built it. So it's, it's something, it's taken me a while to get to the point where I can feel really proud of it because it's like, well, was I successful? Well, I don't know because I don't have it anymore. You know, I, I didn't feel that I could be the best mother and the best business owner and do both to my standards. So, so it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I feel like I can say, yeah, I'm proud of it, even though it's not open right now. I'm doing it. Um, it's still something I'm really proud of. But Abigail still bakes often. Like, you kind of reinvigorate the business for the holidays. And the best Linzer tarts that I've ever had in my life, hands down. No, I, you know what? And I, I, I still get so much pleasure out of it. I, I love it. I love Probably, I mean, more, more so because it's not a job anymore. That definitely takes away from some of the passion of it, you know, when you're doing it under pressure. So I really genuinely enjoy it. I imagine that there are probably a lot of listeners out there who relate to that, like having a job that you are really love and that you know that you, you know, you are proud of or will be proud of building something, but also just like it's sometimes impossible to manage both especially something like running a business, which is not just baking, it's the tax forms and the rent and the employees and that, you know. And so I imagine that I feel like that's probably a pretty common um, choice that people have to make. It's hard because you want to do what you're good at. You want to do what you're best at. And for me, that was, that was baking. For me, it was you know, creating a beautiful space. It wasn't the paperwork. It wasn't filing, you know, unemployment and or labor department paperwork. It wasn't doing the taxes. And it's hard because you're pulled as a business owner, you're pulled in all of these other directions. So it's it's sort of a luxury to just be able to do what you're really good at. And I can do that. So now, I, I mean, I can do that now just baking for my own pleasure and for people who I love. But it's different, more complicated, you know, as you said, doing for business, for living. Well, I, I never really made a living doing it, but that was the goal. It was the goal to like get to the point where it could be self-run and I wouldn't have to put in the time and the, the endless hours that I put in and that it would be profitable. So yeah. that was the goal. Maybe I would have gotten there had I started five years earlier before I had kids, but I just didn't feel that I could give my business the time that it needed and my baby he needed so especially with Travis touring it was like oh yeah you know Rory was in he was in daycare 10 hours a day that was what I wanted for him the business part of passion sucks yeah it's really a drag it infiltrates on creativity and it's kind of a trap doing the thing you love as a means to live so yeah like that old adage like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's, yeah. it's bullshit. You'll it's totally work. bullshit. Anybody who's listening, that's bullshit. That's not true. You work more than you would ever work a day. So. And you have no joy yeah. left because the only yeah. thing you love you is You give no. it all away because you give it all away. <gasps> Even like Chandra and I, and she's like learning how to do editing stuff and all of a sudden I'm a social media manager. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. A jack of all trades. You have to be, right? It's yeah. Right. yeah. I can confidently say I am not passionate about sound engineering, as this episode will surely show. No, you're a natural talent, but that doesn't mean that it's like how you necessarily want to spend all those hours, but it's just like, 
you know, it's, it becomes part of it. I have the like QuickBooks, you know, for my website. And I'm like, what? People get a degree in just QuickBooks. It's complicated. It's like a foreign language. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's awful. It's, it's awful. Like, forget it. Any spreadsheet. I'm out. An yeah. Excel spreadsheet? Get me out. Oh, no. Never. No. no. Need spreadsheet friends. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like collaboration. You can find a business partner maybe, but then, you know, you're giving away some of the power and, and definitely some of the money, which may be, you know, not there at the beginning. Collaboration has a lot of potential, but you can't always start out that way. Forget the past. You did a beautiful thing. Now we're here. You're with Chandra drinking wine. And paper cups. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Um, the, something that I am proud of is being a good mother, <laughs> being a good person. I mean, it's really basic. It's really simple, but there was definitely a time in my life where I didn't think I was capable of being either. So I'm super proud of the fact that I think I'm a good mom and I think I'm a good person. <laughs> Simply put, that's what I'm proud of. It's really hard, too. It's really hard. We all know this. It's really yeah. hard. You are. You're an amazing an amazing parent and an amazing person and I love you so much thank you and you are as well and I love you too so much I feel so lucky that we are able to do this it's pretty cool time yeah yeah even like having the boys out together right now we went bowling yesterday watching them cheer each other on and help for them they're the only ones who will really understand um you know our kids growing up together they'll have a confidant and somebody to just like get it so, sorry, I veered away. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that the family that we have, we were just talking about this, out on the road is really important. And it's definitely an extension of the families that we have at home. I mean, not not just we. I mean, like, everybody. We, yeah, everyone everyone involved. has created a really loving, warm, nurturing environment for our kids. Totally. And, and for ourselves. And that makes it easier to be a better parent. When you have that like village in place, no matter where you are, um, that opens up space for you to just be a more effective and kind and patient human, period. Right. When it's not just all you. Yeah. It's, it is. It's a, it's a traveling village. Yeah. Taking Back Sunday has the, besides Keaton, who's the oldest 13, there's all, there's four boys. Everyone had a boy who's between eight and 10 and everyone had a girl. Wow. Really? That's. So they have fun together. We try to get them together at all the Christmas shows that they do in New Jersey and, and um, Starland Ballroom, get some presents and put some under the tree and stuff. So we get to do a little. So I, I love that. That's so, that's so sweet. Yeah. I think like what you're saying about being a good person is not simple. And it's so important for people to kind of like come to that decision or be like, that's my goal or that's what I want to be because if everyone did that or if more people were like really aware of making that something that they're proud of the world would be a better place yeah and I think most people are good people but I think um feeling that you're a good person that's where the work really comes in and um I don't know how many people really believe that they're good people yeah well what is something that you're excited about right now um I'm excited I've been doing a lot of volunteer work as I sort of mentioned before, to test my capacity to handle other people's suffering, other people's trauma and pain. Because if I, you know, want to go into social work, if I want to go in to be a therapist, this is what you sign up for. So also for the experience, and you experience before I go into the field. So I've been doing uh, a program 
called Come Here, where you befriend a mentally ill person and have a relationship with them on a very, just like a basic friendship level. And it's incredibly challenging. And um, I went into it thinking, well, what am I going to have in common with somebody who's below the poverty line and schizophrenic? And then I was like, wait, this is, this is not about me at all. You know, this is about connecting with somebody on a human level. And it doesn't really matter their circumstance. It's just, you know, pushing past that human to human, which they need, but so do I. So it, I, I'm proud. I'm proud of that. That's one of the, the programs I've been doing. And then I also have become a rape crisis counselor in the state of New York. So that's, it's, it's, it's heavy, but it's, um, I'm glad. I'm grateful that I can do it. And I hope that I can be of comfort to, to people. Those are the things I'm, that I'm focused on right now. To be able to show up for other people who, due to circumstance or situations or um, trauma, like might not have anyone showing up for them, I think is commendable. And I'm sure it weighs on you. It's very humbling. It's, it's very humbling. And um, yeah, I'm glad that I does walk away and just like, wow. This is just a totally different experience than what this person's having. Um, you know, there's a lot of space for reflection, but I'm incredibly grateful that I am in a position where I can do that. Well, yeah, it's like so many people see the suffering or they know the suffering exists in the world. But they don't really know how to help or what to do. And, you know, and so sometimes it's spinning a lot of wheels, but not moving forward. I wonder if you feel like, you know, it's hard and it's certainly humbling and difficult, but maybe at least you're putting yourself out there to be in those positions to actually physically do some good. I think it's great. I think it's really, um, if, if people are able to do it, and it's also not with a Calm Care program, you're, you're just friends with somebody. It's not like you're, you're ther- they're a therapist. You're not, it, this isn't a huge commitment. It's, it's very simple. It's like you have lunch with somebody, you know, you're, you're in touch with them on the phone or texting couple of times a month like it's not huge it's not um depleting i i i feel it's it's just it's a small thing but i think it really makes a difference in their life and and it's very um there's a lot of fulfillment that i feel doing so you know i think we do volunteer work and a lot of it is there's a self-serving aspect of mm-hmm. it you benefit from it i benefit from it um, i mean that's that's why we engage with anyone right we want to learn from people have conversations because we're we're taking something away from it. You're giving so much back too. It's not it's not a one sided relationship. You're not sharing a post on your Instagram account and then walking away and saying, "Well, I did I did my service here. Like I'm done." You're actively getting into the thing and changing lives in that level, which is really cellular. Good work. I, I yeah, it's it's interesting because you work within your sort of sphere of influence. Right, so that could be very small, or it could be very big. And you know, in my case, it's it's pretty small, but it's it's important. I I feel it's important. Well, a bit of a transition here back to um, your own life, and when you're not on the road with Coheed or you know with Travis and the the kids, what? the hardest thing about when he's gone and on the other hand like what advice do you have for band partners out there 
whether it's tips, tricks, or psychological encouragement? Um, I think that the hardest part, for sure, and I'm not on the road a lot at all, and, and less and less the older my kids get and they're not as portable, but I think that the hardest part is definitely having everything as a parent, all of the responsibilities, all the time. And going from a sort of very, in our case, a very egalitarian situation where everything is shared to just being solely responsible. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, like, it's exhausting. To be the only parent, the only rule enforcer, like all of it, just be all of it, the emotional, you know, springboard, all of it is hard. That's the hardest part, for sure. For sure. And like, sometimes Travis will do things like, He'll FaceTime in to do homework with Eloise or, or something, and that's it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, just chasing like, them around. I think it's good for him to feel that he's doing something, you know. But it, it it's um, that's the hardest part is being the everything for everybody all the time. <laughs> the relentlessness. And then, of course, you want to make them feel like they're interacting, like they're part yeah. of the dynamic too. So then you feel responsible for. There, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, sorry, Travis, you just, you know, I'm going to, he doesn't want to talk right now, but it's uh, not, you know, I want to take care of everybody's feelings. Totally. So what advice do you have then to make that not be a disaster? <laughs> My advice is get as much help as you can. Say yes to anybody who offers anything ever. Just say yes. Yes. You can pick my kid up from school. Definitely. Go for it. Just any little task that you can offset, I think, helps because all of, I think that's part of what's so grueling is all of those little things, they add up. They're not little anymore when there's a pile of a million little things. So, you know, if you can have somebody mow your lawn, which is something I used to do, we're talking about this, I used to do it. I enjoyed doing it. We have a small lawn, but it was a game changer to have it done. And then it frees up a little bit of space for me to do what actually is important to me. You know, spend time in my garden and yeah. pruning and planting and like the things that I enjoy doing outside. So something as small as that I think has made a big difference. Passing it off. Yeah. And I think my other piece of advice and I, as I say this about the advice, I also am saying it to myself. So it's not like I'm saying it because I do it. <laughs> I'm saying it because I I believe in it. Yes, I want to give myself the advice. But it's to do as many restorative things as possible um, because it is so depleting being a single parent. So I, I'm like, okay, what if I have to schedule it in? This is what I find restorative for me, whatever it is. If it's running, if it's um, gardening, whatever it is, it has to be on the schedule. Yeah. I can't, it can't be neglected. Otherwise, if I'm depleted, I'm really no good. I'm <laughs> just not. It, it, it's not self-care. Self-care it has to be part Being able to pinpoint the things that you need, and they're different for everybody. Sometimes you can feel like selfish in the midst of things, but that's only because we've been like taught to believe that you have to be selfless and that you have to just give and give and give and give and never expect any sort of self-sustaining. You know, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. And I think if we can't take care of ourselves, it's very difficult to take care of other people effectively. So you have to take care of yourself. To stay healthy. Every sense. Yeah. I'd sledgehammer. Can you hear sledgehammer clear? I can only hear in the background, but it's pleasant. Pleasant for me coming through the microphone. I don't know what the listeners will hear. 
I know. I'm like, should we pause until this is done and like go to all part of it? It's all part of it. This is just what you get. You get sledgehammer. You get kids walking in. This is uh, this is tour life. (laughs) I can hear you pretty well, so I feel like we'll be. Uh, Well, aside from the fact that we can all agree this is an incredible song, what do you know to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe? Um, I know, well, I can answer, I know what to be true about myself is that I'm, I'm a really hard worker. My work ethic is strong. Um, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fuck around. You know, if anything worth doing is going to be right. And I, I live that. So I, that, that I know about myself. I also know that I, I keep my backyard clean. You know, I don't talk shit about people. I don't, who you see is who I am. I'm straightforward, um, and I certainly, that's my standard. So that's, yeah, yeah. those two things. That was the process. The, the world. The world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything for certain. I don't know that, I don't know that anything is, I don't know that there is any certainty. But that's the certainty. Right. Yes, that's it. Yeah. But I think that if I had, if I had to say, Something that will leave to be true about the world is that what connects us all, landwives or people living on the streets, um, you know, I, who, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever your level of suffering is, is that we're all human and that like humanity connects us all and that we are all different and our suffering is different. Somebody else's pain is, is, is most certainly not the same as mine. But we all feel it. We all feel these human emotions and kill um, most of us. Yes. <laughs> there, there are outliers. There are psychos. I know that to be true. That I know to be true. <laughs> That's the pull that, quote that, that, for this yeah, episode. Yeah. The thing I know about the world is there are psychos. There are psychos, <laughs> yes. There, there are definitely people who do. Um, but I think that that's, that's uh, yeah, we all, we're, all, we're all suffering. So what about the universe? I also said I didn't know anything was true, so I'm with you on that. But what do you believe, maybe, about the universe? Um, that anything is possible, to not count anything out, uh, just because you can't see it or hear it or feel it. it doesn't. I mean, I was just, I was so blown away by those pictures that were taken from the Hubble telescope. The most recent ones that came out. I mean, yeah. I saw that. I was just like, wow, this is... Don't count anything out. This is incredible. The world, the universe is an extraordinarily beautiful place. So yeah, maybe that's that's what I know. That's that's the only thing I know about the universe for certain is that it is extraordinarily beautiful. Yeah. If anything happens, there's just a moment to look around and be like, wow, this thing I didn't know existed exists. And there's a photo of an unknown moment. Even the alligator gar Misha. I mean, I had to be the one to tell you. Before you stumbled upon it yourself and felt betrayed. Yeah, but it's beautiful in its own way because I didn't know about it. And, and now I do. And now I have another thing to fear. But mostly I have another thing to be excited about. Something exists that you didn't know. And there's always information. Yeah. Okay, so this one's a little bit easier. What are you binge watching or reading or listening to? I have been reading this really great book by Melanie Flynn. It's called The Underneath. And 
it's like the first fiction book that I've read in, I don't know, a decade. Because I, I never feel as if I can give myself permission to really, like, luxuriate in fiction. I feel like I have to be reading a parenting book or, you know, something, but just enjoying yeah. going into a, another storyline. I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, sort of, sort of binge reading for the first time in a really long time. I'm also binge watching all sorts of things. I just finished Dope Sick, which was incredible. The book is also excellent. I'm sure it's it's crazy. And then listening, I've been listening um, to a lot of old school hip hop. Travis has been doing uh, this 1001 albums to listen to before you die. So he walks around with his phone on all the time with different things on. (laughs) Sometimes they're really good and then sometimes they're really bad. and I keep saying, I get credit for doing this, too, because <laughs> like, I'm along for the ride. Um, but then, you know, he's listening to some to Run D&C, and I was just like, oh, I forgot how awesome this is. So I've just been on this sort of trail of old school. Like, any reason to pick something back up? Like, oh, yeah, like last night. He was, so he's in 1994. Travis currently is in 94. So last night, we were all hanging out on the bus, and Hole was the record. Oh, Yeah. Is bringing me back. Yeah, you know? yeah. Adam was having an old school hip hop dance party last night. He like dances up after the show to get all his you know adrenaline out. Oh, that's awesome! Dance parties are the best. We used to have some sick dance parties, like some Eddie Money. I feel like we got to bring back the dance party now that the kids are here. You've been drinking wine since noon tonight. <laughs> we can start a dance party right now. Five o'clock. Stories on Instagram. Yeah. Well, if you were gonna have a dance party to one song. Which is your theme song for the rest of your life? If you could have one dance party song, or one sad song, it can be any song. <laughs> if you could have one sad crying song, um, what would this your theme song be? This was a really hard one for me, and I I still don't really I don't really have an answer for it because I overthink everything. <laughs> so yeah, so I can't really answer. That. Okay, I give us give us there. two, three, five. Give us an array of something that might be in the realm. Maybe it's classical. We don't know. Oh, no, no, it's definitely not. But, yeah, the, I mean, when I was thinking about this question, the one thing, I, the one song that kept coming back to me was, like, the Talking Head song. I don't even know the name of it. No. You May Wake Up. Same as it ever was. Same it's as a, it ever Is was. that the name of the song? Oh, um, right in the yeah, game, go that's it. Yeah, I don't know the name. I don't know why I don't either. But, yeah. You know what? And it's sort of, it's sort of cliche, but I connect to that. Like, you may wake up someday and, Ask yourself, who is this? Whatever, and I, and I feel like I do that every single day. How did I get here? Like, who is this person? You know, how how did I get here? I feel like that's relatable. That is you an know? exceptional choice. That song. I mean, that song is brilliant, yeah. and that like sentiment of just being like, there. There's not a day where you wake up where I, you know, just look around and what yeah. is this? Like, how did this life come to be from the things that you know and all these little past fragments of? existence and then you're just here yeah and like I never I mean it sort of goes back to you know one of the things that I'm proud about is like being a good person simple but there was definitely a time in my life where I just never thought any of this was possible Mm -hmm. and I just didn't um, couldn't see myself being a mother being whatever it is that I that I am and being happy like that's a big one so it is. It is like an everyday thing. I wake up and I'm like, wow, how did I get here? And it's not luck. It's hard work. It's it's a lot. I also, th- anytime I hear ABBA Dancing Queen, I think of you. Oh. <laughs> Every single time. 
Yeah. I don't know why we've danced to that song so many times at, like, weddings or, I don't know. Yeah, like, but that's been a thing since I was young. Like, that was like, oh, it's, I think it's this app. I think it's this app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. App. So, I don't totally. know. Like, that's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. That would be a great one. That yeah, was before like, oh, How Did I Get Here. <laughs> right. You also don't look like you couldn't be in ABBA. So there's that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> more like, you look like you might be, or you could. If we had more sparkles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a Swedish look. I don't remember her name, but, I mean, I feel like the best vibe. I think you could probably try that for Halloween. We could we could start an ABBA cover band. Oh, my God. Did we just create our 15th <laughs> calling? <laughs> <laughs> They just put out an album, though, right? Did they really? I think yeah. I rely they on did. you and Travis for this information. I, I don't know anything. I feel like they just got a Grammy. Now I'm, I might just make things up. That seems they legit. Have, like, the, and the, they have, like, balls all over their suits, like, from maybe they're filming a music video. Did you see that picture? I think that might be the cover. Yeah, I think so. I think, like, they're definitely in my... That, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know that they created those outfits, those, like, over-the-top outfits, because there was a tax loophole that said if you had, you know, things that were so avant-garde, you could write them off? Oh, really? Yeah, and oh. so their, like, their gear became, they would buy these, like, beautiful outfits, and they'd be clearly over-the-top, so they could write it all off. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. The street clothes would not count. Right. Wow. Interesting. Another one of those weird... Yeah. Like, it was, like, Swedish... Who at the IRS came up with that? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I wish you could see, Misha, what is happening outside of these double doors. It's like Space Jam out there all of a sudden, and there's lights. I don't even know where they're coming from. Yeah, look. I don't know how they're coming through. Oh, my God. You're right. Like right? Through garage doors. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Perplexing. I just texted you a picture of the ladies from ABBA, because I'm not making it up. You two definitely fit the <laughs> <laughs> So when you see it, then you can be like, see, look, we could do this. Oh. That'll, that'll be our, our next Halloween. Yeah. 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 We'll do the boys. The boys can do, do the, the boys. <laughs> yes. Yes. We always have big Perfect. plans for yeah. Halloween. Totally. Especially with the kids. Okay. All right. All right. So now our last rapid fire question, and I'm really curious about this one. What is what the, the small thing or guilty pleasure that you look forward to when your partner is on the road? Um, I look forward to being truly alone. I do. For me, being alone is restorative, and I have to be alone at least a little bit every day. Sometimes the more the better. So when Travis and and I Travis respects that and appreciates it, and like it's it's taken time because he's not like that, but he doesn't take it personally when I'm just like I just need some space and some time. He totally knows that about me. He knows that that's just who she is. It's restorative. It's required. So. When he's gone, um, and I'm truly alone, I look forward to that. Not all the time, but like that, that truly alone time. He's not just down the street studio or whatever. It's just me. Kids aren't there. He's not there. It's quiet. I also like sleeping in the middle of the bed. So you're that middle sweet spot that's just untainted. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very, um, special. So being alone and sleeping in the middle of the bed. That was fun. Like really calming to talk to. I really appreciate that. Say that. It's so funny because I don't think that about myself. Like, in my head, I'm like I'm frantic. <laughs> just like 
spinning. So I'm glad that I come off differently. Yeah, your energy is always level and easy, lovable. And it's not the paper cup of wine no, no. talking. Not at all. Years ago, I remember talking to our business manager. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll ask Ab about it. And she was like, Travis is Abby? And I was like, yeah, Abigail. She was like, oh, you guys are friends? What do you mean? Yeah, of course we're friends. We spend most of our life together. She was like, you know, I was just not, you don't really see a lot of bands, the wives talk to each other. And that is pretty bonkers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so like, I don't know what I, what, I mean, there was just this period, I mean, it's ongoing, but this period of time where it's like when they were touring so much and we just, it was just us. Yeah. And we would go to weddings together. Yeah. You know, I mean, we were each other's plus one. Plus one. Yeah. yeah. Um, we lived yeah. up in the country, in the middle of nowhere, you know, country houses, and the guys would be gone, and it was just us and, like, the aliens in the cornfield yeah. next door, and we'd, you know, hey, if you don't hear from me, like, make sure I didn't fall down the basement stairs. Or so. a piece of steak or something like that. I know, I talked about wanting to live in the country, and for that very reason, I'm like, I couldn't be alone out there. I don't, I don't think that I would have made it this long in this lifestyle, truly, without I, somebody to I feel, know. like, normalized. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, that's our mission here. I wonder, I hope that's changed over time, over the, the last decade or so. But also, if it hasn't, then I feel like that's our whole mission. For this. Yeah. And it seems like it has. You know, it definitely does. You know, it's such a small community that there's no reason there should be any separation. Be human. Like, find each other on that human level because it is such an interesting and sometimes very challenging lifestyle with having a family and trying to maintain normality and health and... It's definitely not, it's not typical. Like it's not something you come across often. And I, I'm so aware of that. The older my kids get, you know, they, they're in baseball leagues and they're doing dance classes and they're doing these very consistent, regular things. Um, it's sort of in contrast to the way our life is with the sort of inconsistency and the, you know, being away for long periods of time and the, it, it does feel in, in contrast. I struggle with the bridging. I struggle because I, like you, it's really hard for me to be the only one. And so like to be the only one and then add a dance class that we have to get to. And we already, Keaton, my oldest does have other clubs that we have to get to already. And then there's times three or times two for you, you know, even just with one on top of everything. I struggle with that for sure. Yeah. So That's hard. I feel like this summer I was a school bus. <laughs> That's like, I was like, bringing different kids to different camps. And, but yeah. that's okay, because it's nice, you know what, it's nice to have some, um, something that's, like, simple. Yeah. Bring my kids to camp, but I'm going to pick them up. Yeah. yeah, at least it's defined. That's enough. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. We, uh, we have two small children who are anxiously awaiting sound check here oh, outside the door. Yeah. Okay. Fun. So nice to meet you. Hopefully we can meet in person soon. Yeah, yeah. you, uh, have a good time, Nisha, entertaining the industry. I'm going to go get my L.A. dress on, waiting in the bus. I was going to save it, and I'm in my pajamas still chatting with you all, so. Send me pictures. I will. I know, and yesterday I wore my sequins pants. Really funny. One of the Third Eye Blind guys, crew guys, told Adam that we had needed to swap so we could wear them on stage. <laughs> They're very stretchy. They would have worked, but he, you know, he thought about it, but. Maybe maybe the last show. I feel like that's the time to just let it all hang out. Yeah, they would. it would have been hanging out, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> very thin material. Oh, All right, y'all have fun. Have a nice time in LA. Bye. Bye.